Hello, fellow lucky Martians. Welcome to episode number four of the Deep Dive Autobiography, I Am a Particularly Lucky Martian by Jay Crandall. If you're like me and you love word games, you'll love Don't End a Word. Based on the deceptively simple two-player word game I played in the car with my parents growing up, it is now available. There was a nearby event that occurred every so often called the Computer Show and Sale, where I would buy floppy disk multi-packs of games. One I remember was Tank Wars, a 2D tank game, which plopped you and your competitors on a randomly generated terrain, and you had to adjust the angle and velocity of your shot to try to take out your opponents. My name in the game was Jumbo J. I was going for alliteration, and that was the only J adjective I could think of. I also got the demo version of Hex in there, in the form of a floppy disk multipack, which I remember playing with Steve via our dial-up modems. Also in 5th grade, my friends and I started a robot-themed tradition that my friends and I retain to this day, of building cardboard fireworks robots and setting them off against each other in mortal combat of hopefully mutually assured destruction. This started as a July 5th activity in high school, to celebrate the half-off fireworks sales. Today, it shifted to falling on July 4th itself, and gives a positive reason for my friends from high school, elementary school, and kindergarten, who remain friends with each other, to get together. For some reason, I had a strong desire to be kind to everyone and everything, especially those generally shunned by others and felt an affinity to the geeky out crowd, who became my friends. I remember helping another student with an assignment that she seemed to be having trouble with and getting frustrated. She was a girl who was pretty much shunned by everyone else in the class, and I remember the teacher taking me aside afterward and telling me what a nice person I was. I often wonder how my life may have been different if I had chosen to hang out with the cool kids. My classmates liked me, and I enjoyed and excelled at the scholastic material. America was enjoying relative peace and prosperity, and we had a president who could play the saxophone. Final Fantasy III for the SNES had just come out, and I could have been found listening to a taped Green Day song as I skated a loop around our prosaic suburban neighborhood. I have the firm belief that me personally and humanity as a whole peaked in 1994. At my middle school, I didn't really expand my circle of friends much, and at the end of middle school, every single one of them either qualified to go to the Magnet Science and Technology High School, Thomas Jefferson High School of Science and Technology, or went to a different high school. I passed their entrance exam, but my grades weren't high enough, and so I went to W.T. Woodson High School, the standard public high school for my region, named for a famous Virginian racist. It was pretty rough. I went from being the coolest kid in my class to hanging out in the library at lunchtime because I had no one to eat with and didn't want to publicly sit alone. I was a total loner, with no real friends or girlfriend at my school. Or hygiene, as I had the unfortunate combination of a pimple-prone face and the lack of any strategies for dealing with them, like, say, washing my face. Luckily, I retained my friends from before. My parents kept our pantry stocked with snacks and trusted us enough to allow us to congregate without supervision. So they would frequently head over to my house after school to hang out. I cringe when I think back on myself at this time. For most of my elementary school years, I was actually dressing somewhat respectably, thanks to my mom's pretty solid inner-city thrift store aesthetics. Preppy, but clean and solidly put together. I hated jeans and was a big fan of khakis. Then, as I got a little bit older, I began to exercise more sartorial independence, and I made some horrible choices. I decided to buy pants that had zippers to convert them not just into shorts, but also to capris if you so desired. At least I never did that, but I did like unzipping all four halfway. 
I also wore a German army jacket because I had no thoughts as to its Nazi implications. In middle school, I remember purchasing a bunch of generic anime-ish t-shirts that had glitter on them just because they had some knockoff anime characters. I also purchased, but thankfully rarely used, a visor and ridiculous circular sunglasses. My facial hair would start out as what I dubbed as a scrow tee, a goatee less the follicular density of a beard, and more that of ball hair, and would graduate to an untrimmed, wily neck beard. Pair that with my ridiculously long double wallet chain and a poof of hair coming from my forehead. My kick game was on point at least, either New Balance 804s or Van sneakers. All this and my lack of friends who went to my school led me to almost entirely give up trying to make new ones, holding some pretty cynical views, like my firm belief that girls like jerks and that I needed to be an uncaring, mean lout for them to like me. I also cringe when I think about my beliefs regarding privacy. I felt that we should give companies and governments and corporations as much information as possible about ourselves, because then they could recommend new products that we might be interested in. Steve was almost a year older than us and got his license well before anyone else did. I have fond memories of late weekend nights spent at Ultrazone, a laser tag facility nearby, but pangs of regret that we did not take more advantage of this capability. We were remarkably good kids, all generally well-behaved and high-achieving. I also have fond memories of drifting around a giant curving highway overpass and playing the stoplight game. Later on, I would ride with my other friends to a hookah bar, which I happily enjoyed. I maintained my firm anti-tobacco policy and thought the hookah smoke was some sort of non-tobacco thing, like cloves. My closest brush with romance at this time came from when I took a class in electronic music composition at another high school. I must have recently gotten a haircut, as a girl there thought I was cute and asked for my number. After inviting her over when both of my parents were there, she promptly ditched me for Steve, who was kind enough to politely decline her. She at least pawned me off to a friend of hers, but unfortunately neither of us had a driver's license. Fernando was quite happy to provide transportation and late-night drag races with us on board his parents' station wagon, so I created and proudly wore a Team Fernando racing t-shirt. I can see how my way of dressing wasn't helping in the girlfriend department. My unwillingness to get a car through senior year greatly inhibited any ability to get a girlfriend. Somewhat surprisingly, despite being a skinny, pale nerd, I enjoyed plenty of athletic pursuits. My youth soccer team won our league championship. We all got trophies, and were given our particular skill scrawled on the side. Mine was for being the headmaster, which I thought was pretty cool because, you know, headmasters are pretty important people. It wasn't until later that I realized that a more accurate title would have been, you weren't very good at anything, the least of which kicking the ball. I also enrolled in a youth baseball league. I had never played, or watched for that matter, baseball before. Nonetheless, at my first at-bat, I managed a solid hit. I then took off running the wrong way, still clutching the bat. I found an 80s-era skateboard at the thrift store, and put untold miles on it, doing a loop around my neighborhood that would take me whipping down the steepest hill there. And I learned how to swim, thanks to a class taught by a friendly instructor who called me Jake. He heard Jay Crandall as Jake Randall, and I never bothered to correct him. I would also start fencing and then sword and shield combat in high school as well, at the Virginia Academy of Fencing. My father was very disappointed that I never got into running though, as I had the perfect body type and genes for it. 
He had been a very talented runner in high school. You've been listening to episode number four of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I'm a Particularly Lucky Martian. A while ago, I decided to turn a collection of t-shirt design ideas, which innocently and covertly depict vulgar phrases, into t-shirts. Things like a man with a giant wooden golf club, a deer with a massive rack of horns, etc. To get one and snicker about it in the lunchroom, visit tinyurl.com slash secretly vulgar and check out tinyurl.com slash hidden animal sentences to see a list of hidden animal sentences i made with my mom in elementary school illustrated with the animal from that sentence hidden in the picture i was really into notebook graffiti and would cover the margins and often the pages of my notebooks with my doodles instead of taking notes one i'm particularly proud of is this jc with rotational symmetry Function and aileron were two words that I thought were cool words, both in their manifestation as graffiti and their meaning. I sign my graffiti with the monikers double plus or 2x plus, a newspeak term from 1984 meaning very. And as Noam is saying, which is the slangy contraction of know what I'm saying, turned into a word. I never graduated to doing actual graffiti beyond splashing some ugly attempts on the back of an industrial building. But I did fill up numerous pages of notebook paper with my creations. One night I went out with Fernando and one of his friends. She was working on a photography class project and we went out to paint the town, documenting our exploits. My graffiti choice was to vandalize some vandalism by xing out a herb and replace it with men. As in, don't smoke herb, smoke men. Fernando's friend kindly gave me the photo after turning it into class. I wonder what grade he got on it. I was a staunch anti-smoker, hadn't even tried marijuana, and thought it humorous to imagine a gay anti-marijuana activist. And I was sporting my wallet chain, too. I was also a big fan of cyberpunk literature and gobbled up books by William Gibson, Orson Scott Card, Jeff Noon, and their ilk. I continued to gobble up books from our local public library. And my compositions for English class had a tendency to be dystopian futures, such as in Goodman A. Smith, a near-future story about a worker drone type encountering a very unpleasant situation. This was in high school, feasible in my story as he was in an autonomous car. Something I had not heard even being discussed yet, but now am very hopeful to own before long. When eights look like fives, explored the psyche of a wrongly accused man. I'm pretty proud of this steampunk paladin I drew instead of paying attention in class. I read voraciously and enjoyed envisioning these futuristic worlds, but my true passion lay in artificial life and emergence, which is about complex systems arising from interconnected simple rules, and the anthropic principle, which addresses the incredible unlikelihood of our existence. Although I could quite capably co-pilot a bike and a boat with my father, I lost my license soon after I was injured, and have been very interested in progress on self-driving cars. Another member of the TJ crew that I would befriend was Brandon, who was determined to avoid stereotypical geekiness and was a buff, rowing crew member and an ardent death metalhead. He's sporting a t-shirt I created, a knockoff of the Obey Giant, using my face. He loved death metal, particularly Cannibal Corpse, wore a long brass wallet chain, and a flannel shirt he ripped the arms off, and a leather jacket. He had a bit of a temper drove a loud and very fast 80s sports car, but somewhat surprisingly was good friends with Troy. 
There was a bit of a rebellion against the path in life he seemed to be headed towards, of almost certain law school and lawyerdom. One of my math classes necessitated the purchase of a ludicrously expensive TI-83. I discovered that it had a basic, QBasic programming functionality, and dove into creating games with its horrendously clunky interface and slow processor. I used every trick I could to eke out better performance in controlling a moving character, including even recursive programming. I also created a sprawling, turn-based text adventure in which you attempted to escape from a mental institution. You've been listening to episode number four of Jay Crandall's Deep Dive Autobiography, I'm a Particularly Lucky Martian. To see the Google Docs version of this with extra bits that didn't quite work in the podcast form, visit bit.ly.com slash luckymartian4. Many thanks to Google for providing the perfect medium to record this. And check out Don't End a Word in the Android App Store. Thanks to Shining Seconds for composing the theme music. You can access their webpage at shiningseconds.bandcamp.com. See you next episode.